in there and back in they can hear you let's hear for those comics and we have a great producing team we got Ryan up in the booth we got Hannah over there Megan's taking photos let's hear for them that's amazing that they help to make the show happen Ryan founded this show you know it's it's you with know you. what yeah with me yes yeah Ryan <laughs> and I finally found this show um, just nice to be here just nice to be here nice to be home especially on a day like today uh, Rhea and I are exhausted. You know why? Because we're writing the second season of our hit television show. <laughs> On an up-and-coming streaming service called CISO that you just watched a pre- an ad. Were we you watched a thing were about we it. Were we in the ad? I don't was know. Was there a CISO ad tonight? Sometimes there's a CISO Anybody ad. Anybody were, were in it. And then you, yes. we come out and it's also us. And then that's us. And usually we're wearing the same clothes. Um, we forget. Yeah. Um, but yes. So it, so we're right. We just started yesterday mm-hmm. uh, writing, and it's super fun um, because we're the bosses, and so I like that part of it. It's cool. And then also we have a all female writers room. Is Blano. So we're just having a bunch of periods all at once. Well, it is really cool to... And, 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 uh... Well, it's also... It is cool to, like... There's, like, some queerness involved. Uh-huh. There's some different uh, races of people. There's a lot of different viewpoints. Uh-huh. Um, and yet, they're all women. Which is, I think, you know, pretty surprising to me. It's almost like different women have different um, mm-hmm. like experiences and things to add. Wait, what? It, what I'm saying is, is like you could almost have two women uh-huh. or more, sometimes, but sometimes even two. Oh, yeah. And it would be like... Wait, you're telling me we're different people? What I'm saying is like, it's almost like... I thought we were the same person. No, it's almost like the two of us could be on stage together and it would like actually add to the show. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, because the best practice is, like, you can have two hosts, but if they're men. Right, well, yeah. Or twins. I mean, but then I'm like, well, these guys have some perspectives here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But we're both lesbians, so it's like, isn't, don't we see things the same way? You know, but but actually, no, because I actually see you, because I'm looking out of my eyes. Right, yeah. And I don't have a jacket on, and you do have a jacket yes. on. Yes. And my one piece of hair, I don't know where it goes tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I have a haircut 
that you have to, every part goes every part's cut to go in a certain spot. Yeah. And then every now and then I don't dry it the right way and then I don't know where this goes. <laughs> I don't know where this is supposed to go. Do you know what's weird? The president is so sad because a woman uh-huh. played his friend Sean. I mean, the, the fragility mm-hmm. of the GOP is astounding, right? Like, the fragility of the right, where they're like, uh, we want to control your bodies. Why won't you let us control your bodies? Like, they're so whiny. They're so whiny. I want to tell you where to go to the bathroom. You know, like, what? What? So whiny. They're also melty looking also. So melty. <laughs> melty. It's like if you pause the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Like I don't know if you guys watch the Jeff <laughs> I don't know if you... I don't know if you but guys But the Ark is just a woman speaking and they're like <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if you guys watch the Jeff Sessions like hearings. But there's a moment where <laughs> Lindsey Graham is like, Jeff, <laughs> do you ever do really racist stuff? <laughs> what if Lindsey Graham actually sounded like this? What, what if, if Lindsey Graham was Lindsey Graham? What if Lindsey Graham, Graham actually like, stood like this? Jeff. What's well, funny Lindsay, is, and he, he kind of does like speak this. like that. He kind of is like. Now, Jeff. Yeah. Jeff. Beauregard Sessions Jeff. third. Hang on, I'm doing it. I understand, sorry. I just wanted to remind everyone he's a human Confederate flag. <laughs> Continue. Brie Newsom needs to climb him and take him down. Yes, Am I right? Did. That's a very specific. It's dumb that you don't know who that is. It's, she's the woman and she pulled down the confederate flag in south carolina it's go go, what go go home it's black history month get back to work get your shit together get back to work crack a google every now and then hey jeff (laughs) do you ever do a bunch of really racist stuff and then people notice that you did and you get so sad and then jeff was like yeah. <laughs> I do. I get so... That's yep. actually... Thank you so much for asking me that. I actually just get, like, so sad when I'm doing racist stuff and then other people notice. I get really sad that they notice what I was doing. And then they just shook their heads back and forth forever. That's so, it's like, that's, that's the, cause, cause obviously the whole blah, <laughs> we're being pitched so many wrong ideas, we're not allowed to have, what's the thing that they're calling it? And even the people on the left are saying this, what's the I, thing, having a there's human too many perspective, but there's a word people are using for it. Identity say, politics? Yeah. Don't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't have an identity! Don't have, hey! 
You know what's tearing us apart? You not being white men. It's <laughs> <laughs> so all this identity politics. You come in here, just, you wanna shut up, not get it. killed in the street? Fucking idiots. <laughs> Uh, identity politics are not tearing us apart. Identity politics is like, hey, uh, it would be so cool. Excuse me. If <laughs> just for one second, we could just, could just hear me realize hear me out on this one that there are systems, kinds of people that are set in place, and, and people. It's hard for those people are in different spots. I'm one of those people based on those systems. <laughs> just want to let you know. And some people have different woo, levels, and they intersect, and that's other intersectionality have is what that is. And multiple versions of this. There's system. a lot of different stuff, and it depends on the. State. And it's not something you're doing interpersonally. Sometimes even. you can get out of it. Like it's not like that. I. <laughs> but you have. To it's do not that. that you're coming up to me on not the street and saying you're gay. That's Some not the worst thing that's survive. ever happened to me. <laughs> The worst thing that's ever happened to me is when I used to not be able to be married for 33 years of my life because it was illegal. You know. There's a lot of different stuff. White people, let's put on our listening ears. <laughs> yeah, we got to take off our talking ears. Yeah, take, sure. take our talking ears. We've been wearing right our- off. Speaking ears for I want you each to be using ten out of your one forty characters, and then the rest of those one thirty characters are just for listening. <laughs> try this. Try this. What R-T? black people said. Send. I don't know how many characters that was. <laughs> That's what you should say. If you're a white person right now, you should be doing signal boosting. Huh? Right? Yeah. Use your antenna. <laughs> I can't find it now, but you know the joke I was trying to make. <laughs> you know what, though? This does work. This does work. Your hair antenna? Yes. No. Yes. No. What does work? Do you oh, remember yeah, you were stupid Mike Huckabee? <sighs> I don't know if you guys were here last week, but Andy Kindler was here, and I have been thinking about... Hot. We'll take it off and I'll talk about this. But wait, I was trying. I know, to, uh, but I'm I'm just okay. mentioning something yeah, that will lead you no, to you what go. you're talking it's, about, it's which is that Andy Kindler was talking about a uh, former governor. I don't know if he's who knows what that guy does anymore. No, he's not the former. He's not the it, okay. Whatever. He's the former. Yeah. Mike Huckabee has been to Auschwitz six times. <laughs> six times. Six times. It's a weird person. I can't stop thinking about that. I've only been to Disneyland two times. <laughs> and that is the happiest place on earth. I mean, definitely go to Auschwitz. Definitely read about Auschwitz. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. be aware I mean, of Auschwitz. Don't go Auschwitz to Auschwitz. Auschwitz happened. Saying, we believe it happened. Back to Auschwitz. Like a bunch. <laughs> Actually, I mean, go back. Go back. Six no. no, no, no. Go back to Auschwitz if you can then carry the message back, like... Bad stuff has happened to people, but it's super weird if you go to Auschwitz six times and then, and you then have your like a whole thing is also like, like it's terrible. He tweeted some very dumb shit over the weekend. That's an evergreen statement. Yeah, before you put the weekend thing on there, he tweeted. He tweeted. Uh, he tweeted so Chuck Schumer. Speaking yeah, of yeah. yes, uh, the Holocaust. Speaking of that, uh, members of Chuck Schumer's family uh, died in the Holocaust. And, uh, and Chuck Schumer cried uh, thinking about 
some members of his family dying in the Holocaust. Um, and obviously, uh, and as you guys know, we might be he cried uh, thinking again. about members of his family dying in the Holocaust because he's a weak person <laughs> with irrational feelings. <laughs> no, because he's a normal person. Somebody sent me a picture of Barack Obama and he was smiling. They tweeted a picture of me, a picture of Barack Obama smiling at me, and they said, our form, like, our last president was so gay. <laughs> Which is, number one, I feel like they didn't even look at my avatar or read anything I've ever said. Because <laughs> what a compliment to our former president. <laughs> I hope he is. I hope he and Michelle are separately. It'd be weird if they were gay together. <laughs> Um, no, but also the idea that somebody was like so upset at a man smiling. Like, imagine living within that oppressive rigidity. Like, imagine just doing anything. Imagine yeah, they, going they to work. They only like their men melting. Yeah, ima- just imagine having. Imagine your child is born. Like, you're looking at your wife's vagina that you fucked to put a. So that you guys could make a baby together? Like, you know you fucked that thing. And you're watching a baby come out, and it looks half like you. Actually, a lot like you, because babies look like their fathers when they're born to make sure that the dads don't think there was, like, another... This is an evolutionary thing. So you're looking... So you're out of the vagina. You know you fucked. Comes a baby that looks exactly like you. And you... And you're so fragile that you think, if I smile right now, everybody would wonder if I was gay. I might, I might be gay. I might be gay. I can also see your butthole, so. That's pretty gay. These are the same I'm people that. To be Mitch I know. These are the same. That was good. Mitch McConnell uh, is the type of dude that thinks buttholes are gay. There's a lot of dudes that think buttholes are gay. Like dudes that are like, like, oh no, I don't even wash myself in the shower. That's, I've heard a guy say that. That's just bad hygiene. It's bad hygiene. You smell bad. Wash your butt. Wash your butt. <laughs> but also like, what the hell? There's, your own butt isn't, that's not gay if you're touching your own butt. Are you gay? Or no, you your know, butthole's like, not gay. Also, there you you're go. a guy and you and do you know that you're, do you know the woman you're with has a butthole? <laughs> if you don't know that, what kind of, what? What's going on with you guys? <laughs> kind of, how are you doing this? But anyway, Mike Huckabee. Oh yeah, Mike Huckabee. <laughs> what a jerk! What a jerk he is! I don't like he him at all. He tweeted something bad over oh, the weekend. Oh, because Chuck Schumer. He tweeted, uh, no, <laughs> and it was even like a bad joke form. Hollywood called. <laughs> he started with that. <laughs> so I immediately booked him on this show because that's current, you know. Um, he said, Hollywood called. Chuck Schumer's been cast in the reboot of Boys Don't Cry. That's what he tweeted. Now, here's what's... I don't know if you guys know anything about the movie Boys Don't Cry, uh, but it's a horrible... It's a, it's a movie about a, a terrible thing that happened to a real-life human person. Mm-hmm. A real-life human person named Brandon Tina was raped and murdered because uh, they were transgendered. Like, that, that's what happened to that person. Um, and I... I think that Mike Huckabee didn't know that. Like, I think Who knows? that somewhere in his brain he was just like, what's a joke about crying and boys? Hillary Swank! And it just right out of his fingers flew. If he doesn't know, that means that he, because he also says stuff about the gay community and the LGBT community all the time. 
And by the way, Boys Don't Cry is like one of our biggest hits. <laughs> like it's a sad, sad movie about a real story that we should have put in front of people's eyeballs mm-hmm. and Oscars were won. So if you haven't seen Boys Don't Cry, kind of, you shouldn't be able to say a damn thing about my rights. That's fucking true. You should clap. That's where <laughs> clapping should happen. One person was like, one person agreed. Everybody else was breathless. Um, not sure. So, he, so, so he either hasn't seen it or he has seen it and he's heartless. He's a heartless I mean, idiot. I think he's heartless. Yeah, right. He's, heart, he's heartless regardless. Um, but so I got really mad. And I, um, first I tweeted a pithy retort. You know, like, uh, actually, I think the trans... Actors should play trans characters, but thank you for your astute observation about how the LGBT community needs civil rights protections. And I felt like that was, you know, I really got him where he lived. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he read that one. I'm sure he read that one. Ooh, I was like, oh, astute! Yeah. Um, <laughs> she is right. But then I realized that, you know, we can do more than that, right? So yeah. the thing about this moment right now is, and I know I'm feeling it, I know we've talked about it, I'm sure you are feeling it, this feeling of like powerlessness and you don't know how to act and, and, um, and you don't know what to do and you don't even know which actions would be correct and uh, you want to be inclusive and you want to be positive but it's impossible to be positive because everything's dark and the darkness is coming from all over and you're in the upside down uh, but you're the monster and Winona Ryder's not coming and um, anyway... Uh, what I did was I, I had met these women um, at a foundation launch that run uh, out of Chicago. They run a, a suicide hotline for um, transgender folks, and it's called Trans Lifeline. And so I started ask. I said to the internet, um, "I'm going to donate some money to Trans Lifeline. That is how I'm going to turn this heartless joke into a heartfelt action." And I donated 25 bucks. I posted the receipt. In Brandon Tina's name. In Brandon Tina's name, in yes. In Mike Huckabee's name. Yes, exactly. Not for you, Mike, for Brandon. And so I And also, can I bucks. just add that if you do decide to do uh, like actions like this, um, sometimes like people donated to Planned Parenthood and Mike Pence's name and stuff. But I realized in this one, like, actually maybe don't do that because the people working at these places are typically the people that need the services. Um, so it's it's typically like trans people that are answering the phones and like receiving those donations so they have to see Mike Huckabee's name over and over again. So maybe yeah, you think should. of somebody who's like a positive uh, influence that you could donate in their name instead. Yeah. Instead of these assholes and then we don't have to see these assholes' names. Anyways. But this is all just to say that uh, frankly this was a very good idea. <laughs> Why? Do you want me to because Do you know how much money that they've they've made now? Twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah. Twenty three thousand dollars off of that tweet, which is amazing. Since and, Saturday, uh, because and it like reached a lot of people. Uh, tons of people retweeted it, and like aw- awesome people that you're so happy. Are, like Ellen Page did. That was great, and yeah. really wonderful allies all over the place, and people donated um, a ton of money. And so twenty three thousand dollars on Saturday, and it's and the money's still uh, coming in, and it's, so you can just go to translifeline.org slash donate. And this is also a podcast, and so we. I just want to keep raising money for it because I think it's it's something that's really going to be 
be important, um, especially the LGBT community right now. We're in like a real moment of crisis, and this is something that has been happening. You know, like the Trevor Project, which is a an LGBT suicide hotline, had got four times the number of phone calls it ever got the day that Donald Trump was elected, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty similar all over the place. So people are feeling really panicked, um, and it's a really good moment to just like, hey, it just takes like five bucks or whatever, and then. You know, not just the donation, but also posting your advocacy, I think really helps people to feel safe. At least they know that somebody else is like with them, even if it's just some stranger on the internet is with them and they're willing to put their money, but also like their name behind it. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm really happy about this because it has given me this like, I'm not, you guys, Cal Penn, he raised like $500,000 and all this huge money for the ACLU. And I am like definitely a bigger celebrity than he is, but for um, sure. <laughs> My Twitter filing is actually smaller, which is weird, uh, because you know, I'm a bigger, you know, name and have had more, you know, sort of appointments by Obama. Um, of course, yeah. <laughs> you had one or two or three more appointments. No, but that's just I'm one person. I have like seventy thousand Twitter followers. I don't have a million. Uh, I also don't have five, but I have like Look seventy thousand. It's, it's a decent following. But it's not crazy. No, what I'm saying is like that's what you can do with that amount. Like with that amount, uh, you can raise twenty three thousand dollars. So I know that whatever you guys can do. Um, it might not be that much, but it might be a little bit, and you might share it with your followers, and then they can keep it going. And um, I just wanted to start the day, the show tonight, by talking about real action uh, that isn't that's more than a pussy hat. Pussy hats are great. Uh, let's do the next thing. And so this is the next thing that you can do. Yeah. I believe in this thing, but feel free to come up with your own thing and absolutely tweet it at me because I would love to continue this type of uh, momentum. We need to feel together right now, I think. And that's why it's also a great time to be at a stand-up comedy show, isn't it, Rhea? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. Which is where we are now. <laughs> that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Um, boy, we got a... Just a great... Rhea's just a terrific stand-up comic, obviously. <laughs> and we've got... Yep. On top of... And on top of Rhea, we've got... Um, Somebody's on top of Sometimes it? me, actually. And... Uh, <laughs> oh, I get it. That's but then funny. sometimes she's on top. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <sighs> so, uh, we've got a great first comic for you tonight. And uh, he's a friend of the show. You guys are going to love him. Let's hear it right now. Get your little paws already clapping for Ryan Singer. Get up for Ryan. <laughs> My name is Ryan, and I'm 40 years old, and I know my butthole. I want you to know that. I discovered my butthole about nine years ago. (laughs) Oh, what a glorious day. I was raised an Irish Catholic boy in southern Ohio, so the butthole was the shame slot. Nothing but fire and brimstone down there. Then I realized we can put a man on the moon. I could put a finger in my own asshole. You know what I mean? It's 2017. Get to know your body, dude. (laughs) 40 years old. Still not tucking in my shirt, though. You know what I mean? Uh, Be honest with you. The shamrock shake is back, and I just can't afford to. I just can't make it happen. 
40 years old. I love being 40 years old, too. The world doesn't want us to think it's okay to get older, do they? They want to scare us into staying young because that's how we spend money. It's like, you got to stay young, kid. You got to stay fresh and hot and sexy. You got to be sexy until the day we put you in the ground. That's what being alive is about, being attractive, right? Oh, you got that gray coming in your hair. Time to dye it out. Oh, hell no. Dude, I grew my hair longer when that gray swathed in, dude. My left eyebrow's going silver invisible. I call it silvisible. I love it. The salt coming into my pepper beard. When I'm walking down the street, I want people to be like, that dude looks like he just got struck by lightning. <laughs> looks like a wolf dog. Fuck yeah. That's all I've ever wanted to be, dude. But no, you got to stay young. No, you got to stay young and hot. It's Hollywood. Ooh, you know those laugh lines you got on the side of your eyeballs? You know those lines you developed over a lifetime of enjoyable conversations <laughs> with friends and family? Or maybe you saw a stranger slip and fall on an icy sidewalk. And an alien noise was born deep inside your gut and it clawed its way up your chest to escape through your mouth as a giggle. <laughs> Erase those lines from your face because they make you unfuckable, see? You got to have smooth, soft skin like a sexy baby. That's what we're talking about. You got to be hot and fresh, you know? Oh, a seductive toddler. That's the look we're going for. You know, get some plastic surgery. Come on, get rid of them wrinkles. Oh, maybe you can't afford plastic surgery. That's okay. Just use your hands and pull your face back as you walk around the streets. Oh, when people can see that behind the eyeball meat, that's what gets people hard and wet. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe you don't have the hand strength because you're 40 and you got a touch of arthritis. That's okay, too. Go to your grandpa's garage, last cabinet up on the left. There's a bungee cord up there. Why? Because it's the rules. Every grandpa's got a bungee cord. And the last cabinet up on the left... Grab that bungee cord, hook one in, into your temple skin, and then stretch it nice and tight into that twiny belt you wear, because you're 40 now. And now you got sexy smile suspenders. Oh, yeah. And don't worry about the blood or the rust. That will blow away with time. But you know what won't blow away? Your sex appeal. Because that's what matters in this life. No, get older. Fuck, dude. I'm 40. I'm like one-seventh of the way done living. I just, <laughs> I just discovered alchemy, dude. Fuck. Oh, shit. We can talk about that later. But like, dude, oh my God, dude. I want to be so old. I want to have the face of a pug. You know what I mean? You're going to have to go to the Grand Canyon and put a quarter in the telescope to see to the bottom of these face wrinkles. Oh, I want to be so old. I look like a grape passed out in a hot tub drunk overnight. Oh, I want to be so old that redwoods enroll in art school so they can do charcoal drawings of me. I want to be so old I have to hire a teenager from the Gap to fold my face before I sleep every night. Being old is the best, dude. Getting older is the best part about being alive, don't you see? Because without it, you'd be dead. <laughs> it's so easy to die nowadays. You can drink too much bourbon and sleep on your back. You can have your stupid face and your smartphone step in front of a bus. You could have a bomb dropped from a robot from the sky. Fuck you're alive. Every morning when my eyes open up, I feel like life threw me a surprise birthday party. Woo! Surprise, asshole! You didn't fuck it up! It's 
good to be alive. I mean, regardless of the times. I mean, it's harder to... Do you ever notice how much harder it is to say I love you than it is to say I hate you? Like, it's so hard. Like, I was pulling into a, a small parking lot of a bar just a couple nights ago, and somebody double parked, and I thought to myself, I'll kill this motherfucker. <laughs> But then someone goes out of their way to give me a... A stranger gave me a flower two weeks ago, and I was like... And then they were gone, and I... I love you! I couldn't get it out. It's so much harder to love than it is to hate, you know? Because love means we have to let people in that maybe we don't want in. We're vulnerable. Oh, but love always triumphs, I think, you know? You don't think Martin Luther King Jr., you don't think that dude wanted to tell people to suck his dick. I mean, can you, can you imagine being at the podium? Hundreds of thousands of people are hanging on every syllable you say, and he goes, I have a dream. But before we get to that dream, I got a list of names of people who have been writing death threats, and they can suck my dick. Todd in Wisconsin, suck my dick, Todd. That's why there's a street named after him in every city. It's because he didn't tell people to suck his dick. <laughs> I bet you've had this conversation recently in this age. Hey, did you hear the thing about the... Yes, I did. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't get to the thing I was asking you if you heard about. Well, don't bother telling me anything, because I already know everything. <laughs> I am the smartest, smuggest son of a bitch you've ever met in your life. And anybody who's ever said that or had that attitude, they're right, and not myself included, because we've got these... Robot brains, these transactive minds that have the access to the totality of human history and knowledge. So everybody knows they're the smartest person that's ever been alive as long as they've got access, right? Oh, you're going to ask me if I saw that episode from season 12 of The Simpsons? I've seen every episode of The Simpsons <laughs> ever uploaded to the hive mind. Did I see the picture of the kitten tickling the baby on the keyboard? I've seen every photo, even one from a robot on Mars, son of a bitch. I've got, I can watch the fall of the Berlin Wall. Oh, try to tell me who to vote for or how to feel about gun control, and I'll tell you to suck my dick in a dead language. All I got to do is type it into Google Translate. <laughs> I can tell you how to fuck yourself in Sanskrit. Because I'm the smartest, smuggest son of a bitch you've ever met. Or met, or whatever the word is. The melt thing is still in my mind. I mean, as long as there's a charge or there's an outlet three feet by. Because if not, then I'm just dumb, like everybody. I keep my phone in my back pocket, usually, which is apropos because my head's been in my ass my entire life. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks for coming up. Did you guys see that one cat photo? I did see like a very, I was so sad the other day. And Cameron had her phone and she was like, hang on. And she showed me her phone and I cannot remember the song that it was. I don't think it matters. Pretend it's I Will Always Love You. Just have that in your head. That's not what it was. And it makes it even better. But it was two guinea pigs in remote control cars wearing helmets, riding remote control cars. <laughs> to the song, I Will Always Love You. <laughs> and then I said to my wife, who was trying to cheer me up, I don't think those helmets are going to protect them. <laughs> so that's where I'm at in my life. I was like, those are definitely not rated by any sort of government. <laughs> they were like, it was basically like a bottle cap on their head. And I was like, I don't know about the safety of that. Is there an airbag in that thing? What's, 
Side curtain impact. What's happening here? Anyways, you guys want to keep the show rolling? I sure do. This next comic is a favorite of ours at the show, and we love when she comes by. She also has an amazing special called American Cunt on CISO. Give it up for Jenna Friedman. Ooh. So, I always ask people what they're working on, but I know what you're working on. Well, I know what you just worked on. The stuff that's already out that we could promote, and especially to listeners of this show. Hi. Who have... Like, maybe CISO memberships are ready. Yeah, it's also on iTunes. It's also on iTunes, yeah. Yeah, American Cunt. Yeah, that's your new special slash well, album. Well, pre-election, last hurrah. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, right, when was it, did it come out I recorded September? It, it, I recorded it in August. Uh-huh. It came out in October. October, yeah. So that is, what a bizarre experience, being that close to... Like, all that material, because it takes so long to refine and work out material, yeah. and then the whole world shifted. Have yeah. you watched it again or listened to I it? I watched it once, because I had to do a version of it in Sketchfest in San Francisco, and I did a kind of more dystopic version. Obviously, half the material had changed, um, and it hurt. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it hurt. But it's also like nice to have like a time capsule of our feelings when we still had hope. I think that is true. I mean, it's been really interesting as a queer comic because I've made three albums and like every time it's like things have changed so fast yeah. that every time it is literally like it is a different person talking. Like yeah. in the first one I'm like not even yelling yet and then by the second one I'm like yelling so much and then, and then by bleeding. the third one I'm like not yelling that much but then the next one I'm gonna be yelling eat the most of all time you know just cause it's like yeah. we the the cycle well and we have like a similar history we've yeah, kind of been we doing do. this the same amount of time yes. and this is such a weird thing for comics that are our age and have been doing it as long as we have because the trajectory of change has only gone in one direction. I mean, there have been setbacks. Oh, social change. Yeah. Oh, no. Before the election, I was like, the arc of the moral universe is long, and it bends towards justice. For women. (laughs) I felt that, especially in comedy, because in the past decade, for women in comedy... It's been huge. It's been a really big deal. And we saw all that. Like we saw saw that. And we saw the very end of, it's terrible for women in comedy. I know. And we saw the very beginning of, it's really good for women. Right before the election, I I went to see Tig Notaro sell out a show at Carnegie Hall with a Parna opening for her. Yeah. And then I went to Sam B's show the night before the election and it felt like you're like in the belly of the womb as we're about to give birth to our first female president. And then the next night I was on Colbert and it was terrifying and and really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it does feel like I'm having these conversations that I just stopped having for a long time about like What's it like being a woman in comedy? Like that that What's it like being the, a woman in America? Yes, exactly. That that question in the is, world. That question is back because that question is back. <laughs> yeah, it's like remember when women were a thing? <laughs> and also remember like the last 5 years when we had to hear people say things like I don't even need feminism. Like I haven't yeah. heard that one time since the election. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not listening to those sources anymore. I anyway, know. um well folks should find you on Twitter because you're very funny there. Uh, and I they, used to be. Now I'm just like a sad think piece with legs. But I mean, that's what... You know what? That's not what I mean, though. <laughs> funny. You're right. Nobody is that anymore. What's the... 
you're, I think you're you helpful. Because you're doing things. You know what it is? Though? I've had like conversations with like people who are like, you should write about being a political comedian post-election, blah, blah, blah. And I think, you know, if people can make jokes out of it, which I think SNL's doing a really good job at, and obviously Sam B and all those shows, but I think people right now, or at least last week, everything's changing so fast, it's hard to really know. I think people just want people to say what they're thinking yeah. and to be honest and real because so much of the noise is not that. Yes. And so trying to do I, both. I agree. I agree. And but I, on Twitter, it is like at least right after the election. Now we're all kind of chiming in, but with like the Russia stuff right when it came out, nobody really cared. A lot still don't. It was like, you know, getting you're getting a lot of, I was getting a lot of feedback that was like, it's really brave, like what you're doing, you know? So I'm like, why? Should I be scared? Else are we supposed to, yeah. <laughs> but like, why is it, you know? And I think it's just because people have, people are afraid to say things because they're feeling them and they don't know how to articulate them. So I think that's why Twitter is good. I agree with you. Um, this is sponsored by Twitter, by the way. Well, Jennifer Freeman, we will stay on Twitter for this reason. And as long as we have it, you know. As long as we have it. have it. I know. Totally. Aww. It's nice to talk to you anyway. Love this you. brief moment before we all die. Jenna Friedman, you guys, it's here for Jenna. Oh, I've known Jenna for a lot of years. It's nice to it's nice to see, see her and that's a Oh, you guys. <laughs> this is where comedy is right now. We're mostly fundraisers. That's what we are now. We're fundraisers, and we're just, honestly, straight up, we're just giving you the news. You gotta get the news somewhere, and we're trying to give you the news. How are you doing? Yes, how was your day? It was good. What did you do today? I went to work. What do you do for a living? Hold up. Did you say you work in the vault and you drive hard drives around? Yeah. Do you mean is it like a Indiana Jones sort of an end of Indiana Jones sort of a thing? Is this so so big? Do you have a what kind of driving would you be doing? Mostly sitting in traffic. What do you mean though? <laughs> what are you talking about? I think is what I'm asking. Wait, wait. Where are you going? When you're driving, where are you going? Oh, yes, yes, that makes sense, yes. And you have to take the hard drive to the other spot and give it to them. And then they say, thanks so much. You come back and get it. You're a Lyft driver for machines. Um, that, do you like your job? I do, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You've been working there two months. Or you, this is great. I mean, I feel like there's a lot. I'm getting so much information. Are you, do you, are you here with pals or are you here? This is your pal. That's why you had it like a, you started when the second. It got quiet. That you were like. 
Yeah, like a really thunderous applause, and that's very, what a supportive friend you are. You seem like... I work there too, actually. You guys are, you are so full of energy that I feel like you're gonna float through the ceiling. And so I just wanna say, like, I'm so glad you love your job, but also I feel like maybe park your car and just take a quick lap. <laughs> around the block sometimes. Because I feel like, nah! like, you guys are like, we don't get to move too much. And it's very nice that you are here at this show. Do you like your job as well? Yeah. Did you guys just meet at this job? No. We no. You went to school together. Where did you go to school? Uh, Pacific Union College in Napa, California. Wow. So... Yeah? Somebody back there is also a wine tasting major? I don't know. I literally don't know what I'm talking about. Um, cool, is it Napa? And that seems like a, you know what's weird? I've never been there. Isn't that weird? It's super close to here. I, I was gonna say, I, I hear it, it's quite uh, nice looking. Um, and Paul Giamatti's there, and that's cool. And you're like, straight up Virginia Madsen, I think you can do better, because he's like a crab. <laughs> I just feel like in Hollywood movies when there's like a, a looks differential that's fine with me but when there's a looks differential and then also the dude because it's always the it's always a more traditionally attractive woman with a less traditionally what we whatever dude and like 85% of the time he's also a, just a total crap <laughs> So what do you like about him? Is it was it love at first sight? Not not particularly. <laughs> they treat you nice. No. <laughs> He's friends with Thomas Hayden Church. I guess that's it. <laughs> Sandra Oh is also in that movie, and now I have named the people in Sideways. <laughs> that whole like heartfelt opening where I was like you guys we gotta spring into action and you guys were like and I was just like these are the four actors in Sideways and you guys were like she's unbelievable she is unbelievable this is a real fucking talent we're talking about here what is this the next Viola Davis this kid has charisma she knows things <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said those two things about Viola Davis as like her main qualities. What's, can you describe Viola Davis? Charisma, she knows things. What does she know? Her lines, she's an actor. Um, she's very, very good. Oh, you know what? We have to have the show keep going in a second. But I do have to tell you guys one thing, which is that I saw La La Land. I saw it. It was at my house, okay? I'm in the guild, so they bring it to me. Um, I know how we all... Listen, you know what it is? Ah! We just don't need it, you know? We just don't need it. We just don't need it. You know, like, it's like, I saw Moonlight, and I was like, I needed it! You know, and I... 
saw hidden figures and I was like, I need a toe! You know, and then I saw a 20th century woman and I was like, finally, more need fulfilled by this, which I needed. And then I saw La Land and I was like, oh, those very pretty colors. <laughs> I know the places in it. What I liked about it was I know the places. I've been to them. I just wonder, like, everybody voting the Academy, and that now it's like, I mean, it's tied as the great, it will, it's, there's too many nominations. I understand because there's music in it, and there's, I, I understand why it got all the nominations, because there's design, and blah, 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 they're covering so much, but it's, but then it makes it, this, it makes it in the running to be like the best, like, most awarded movie of all time, and it's really just, there's like, I gotta feel that a lot of the voters were just like, I, like, straight up, I knew the places. <laughs> Okay, well, you guys, uh, this next comic, he is visiting us from Chicago. Wait, do you live here now? I don't know. You live here now. Um, but this is actually very cool. We never see each other here. But Jenna and I started in Chicago. This next comic also started in Chicago. So this is, these are people I've known for a bunch of years. And it's so awesome that they're doing really well. Um, and it's always awesome to have this dude on the show. Let's hear it right now for Brian Babylon. Give it up for Brian. <laughs> I need it. I need the applause. I feel like shit. I have a Midwest cold in California and that's total BS. Let me get to these fucking jokes. There we go. Start off my comedy with some sage advice. Don't get high and go to Urban Outfitters. Don't do that. Don't smoke no dope and go in that hipster trap of capitalism, Urban Outfitters, because you get in there all stoned up and start buying shit you don't fucking need. Like, oh, man, let me get these tight-ass corduroys and, oh, let me get this fedora. I'll, I'll get this Muffer and Sons vinyl. And then you get home, the weed wore off, and you got some tight-ass corduroys, a fedora, and a Muffer and Sons album. So clearly this is a Muffer and Sons crowd. I get it. For those three people who are thinking, what the fuck is Mumford & Sons, all right, right? It is not a cough syrup from the Western Times, okay? It is not that. Mumford & Sons, just cocaine and corn syrup, you see? It's not what Mumford & Sons is. <laughs> it's a hipster band of white gentlemen that play banjos and talk about their life. Pretty much black people kryptonite. I don't know if you know. Black people and banjos don't mix. <laughs> Terrified of banjos. Bang, bang. What the fuck was that, man? <laughs> what was that? You hear that, banjos? We don't fuck with banjos. <laughs> if you ever were curious on how to stop Black Lives Matter protesters from fucking up your white brunch, do not call the cops. You just turn up that Mumford and something that beast, they'll go away. Like, hey, 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 all lives matter. All lives matter. <laughs> Enjoy your mimosa. My bad. All lives matter. I love doing stand-up. It's fun. I get to express myself online without any repercussion from the PC police. You know? Regular ass. Where's this guy? I saw him. Him. You. Regular white man? You can't do that. You just can't talk about whatever you want on social media, on Twitter, or Facebook. You lose your fucking job. One wrong word. You sucking dick on Santa Monica, man. It's like, what the fuck? It was 
just a tweet. Gay for pay. One wrong word will fuck you up. Like the word moist. See? That moist is an uncomfortable word to a lot of people. It's so uncomfortable. This is true. Look this up when you get home. They took the word moist off the Duncan Hines cake box. Yeah, remember that good in the Trump America we all grew up in, where your mom will make a moist Duncan Hines chocolate cake or a moist Duncan Hines vanilla cake, and then you'd be in the kitchen and you'd lick the bowl and you have all that moist cake mix <laughs> on your young lips, and it was okay. <laughs> but clearly, what happened was somebody from Ohio made a cake in their kitchen, and they took their cake out the oven to cool off they put it on the counter and the cake is cooling off and they're standing there and they're like I think I want to fuck this cake <laughs> you teasing me cake what you gonna get fuck cake all moist trying to cool off I see you there all moist and shit I'm gonna fuck this cake right and they were just about to fuck this cake right they were just about to penetrate this cake their cell phone rang and they snapped out like oh my god I can't believe I was gonna fuck this cake and then they wrote an angry letter to Duncan Hines. Dear Duncan Hines, how dare you tempt me with your promiscuous packaging? I almost fucked this cake. My kids almost saw me. You lost a customer. <laughs> Duncan Hines got that. Oh, what the fuck? Take it off. Corporate pressure. Corporate pressure. Like the word retarded. Remember that? That's been off the books about 10 years now. You just can't throw the R word around at an intimate dinner party and expect to stay at that party, right? They'll ask you to leave, like, hey, can you, can you leave? That's what will happen, right? I remember the first time I heard retarded. I was eight years old, I was at church. And I remember this day vividly because I was doing some urinal peeing. I don't know if you know, ladies, that's a rite of passage for little boys when you go from toilet peeing to urinal peeing like a man in your own space, zipper, by myself, big boy, right? So I'm doing this urinal peeing, and then in the urinal stall next to me, this dude named Weirdo James came and peed next to me. But Weirdo James pulled his pants all the way down to his ankles, and he started peeing. I'm like, what the fuck, Weirdo James? Hey, man, you're so weird, man. Your legs all ashy, you have on white socks and church shoes. What the fuck, man? You're so weird. Oh, I was all for Clint. Ran and told my mother, like, oh, my God, mommy, OMG, mommy, OMG. Now, this is before cell phones and shit, right? I made up OMG that day. She's like, what? I was like, mommy, I saw Widow James' booty in the bathroom. She's like, what? Yes, mommy. Widow James came in. I'm peeing right here. He's peeing here. He put his pants all the way down to his ankles and started peeing next to me. I saw his booty in the bathroom. And she was like, oh, okay, all right. I was like, that's it? That's all you got? You real, like, suburban white mom right now, right? I need an inner city black mom level right now. Like, oh, my God, my child can't be seeing no booties in the bathroom. That's the mom I need right now. <laughs> and then she said this, I'll never forget. She said, well, here's the deal, Brian. Weirdo James is retarded. I'm like, what's that? And she said this. She said, like, sometimes, Brian, people's bodies grow to a certain uh, rate, but their brains don't grow at the same rate as their bodies. So in Weirdo James's case, his body... Is 35 years old. But in his head, he's just a four-year-old little boy. I'm like, bitch, what is you saying to me? That's crazy. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard, right? This was before Hogwarts, so it couldn't be the Dementors. It was real life. 
I'm shell shocked as fuck. I'm going to back with the other kids. They're playing freeze tag and shit, trying to freeze tag me. Get the fuck out of here with that freeze tag shit, man. People are retarded out here, bro. It's real in these streets. Stay woke, man. Stay woke. You could be next, bro. So I'm in the back seat driving home from church. My mother's driving. And I'm in the back seat. I'm like, hey, mommy. She's like, what? I was like, uh, I think I want to be 22 retarded. She's like, what's that, Brian? I said, well, I want to be old like you, but I won't be just 22 in my head for the rest of my life. She's like, Brian, it doesn't work like that. That's not how retarded works. You just don't pick and choose what age you hop off to be to be retarded. It doesn't work like that. I'm like, what? That's retarded as fuck? Wow. So when I turned 40 years old, I found myself in a filthy-ass apartment eating some big league chew, bubble gum, and I was watching porno on a laptop, right? But at the same time, I was playing video games and watching Dragon Ball Z on an iPad. And I realized at that moment, I'm like, oh shit, I did it. I'm fucking 22 retarded, right? I called my mother, hey mommy, I've been doing this for like a decade, what are you talking about? I think I just lost three pounds of sweat up here. Uh, thank you so much. I'm Brian Babylon. Enjoy the show. Adios. Brian Babylon, let him hear it. Brian, I hate to break it to you, but it is a rite of passage in every woman's life when she uses the big boy urinal as well. I gave it a shot. I tried. Are you guys having fun? We, all, we have two comics left. And they're both amazing. This next comic, uh, I uh, got to hang out with her in Portland last year, and she was amazing. Please give a warm welcome to Emma Wilman, you guys. Let her hear it. Thank you, Rhea, so much. Keep going for Rhea. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is great. Um, I actually have a really weird relationship to the word retarded because my uncle is special needs. And I remember one time my friend asked me if he was legally special needs. He goes, your uncle's retarded, legally? <laughs> and I got weirdly defensive. I was like, well, he's not illegally retarded. <laughs> I got so pissed off. I was like, you'd be hard pressed to find someone more retarded than my uncle. <laughs> And then I got oddly paranoid. I remember calling my mom, like, how do we know? Like, how do we know, no, 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 no? Like, how do, at what point were we like, oh, this is fucking legit, you know? <laughs> and she said it was when he was in second grade, my mom goes, he passed a test in second grade. And I was like, wait, you mean he failed the test? She's like, no, he passed. <laughs> but then it made me think, could you imagine, like, taking your child in to get them tested to see if they're legally special needs, and then they're not? <laughs> That's almost worse. You're finally like, I know what's going on with my child. You bring them in, then you got the doctor coming out like good news and bad news. The good news, your child's not legally retarded, but I see why you had to come in here. Absolutely. Woo! Yeah. Off by one question. Hmm. Keep eating those crayons, little buddy. What the hell? 
I really got to get my life together. I had a real wake-up call. My roommate came home the other day. I live in New York. She comes home, and uh, she yells into the apartment. She goes, oh, no, did you poop on the floor? <laughs> and I just stuck my head out of my room, like, really calmly and was like, no, I didn't. Like, you know, I did that once in college, and then I was sober for a couple weeks, so I didn't, okay? Good night. And she just looked at me in horror before I realized she was talking to her poodle. <laughs> So I decided to take a break from drinking and I went to an AA meeting, but I showed up 15 minutes late. I go in, this is totally true. So I'm like really trying to do something good here. I go into this meeting and it was all women and the first woman was talking about how she didn't overeat on a cruise. The second woman didn't binge eat at her family reunion and the third woman got dumped, but she didn't overeat. Oh, I'm at the wrong meeting. <sighs> so I was like, I'm so sorry. I was looking for the AA meeting and this woman in charge goes, uh, yeah, that's okay. The AA meeting's down the hall. This is actually a lesbian overeaters anonymous meeting. And I was like, wait, 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 <laughs> They have lesbian OA? Lesbian OA. Uh, okay, I eat too many cookies from time to time. What's up, ladies? How you doing? What's going on? I got a Twizzler in my pocket. Wait for the cute one. Bow. I sat right back down. The whole rest of the meeting, I had like a Sour Patch Kid. I'm like twizzling it. I'm like, hey, 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 what's up? More of these in my car. <laughs> I got kicked out. I got kicked out. Kicked out. Banned from lesbian OA. Fine. My roommate's always, uh, she's always talking to her dog. Uh, clap for me if you have a dog. Oh, a lot of you guys have dogs? Okay. Do you talk to your dog? Is that a thing? You do? Okay. So I didn't know this was such a thing. But dog owners are constantly engaging in conversation. One-sided, obviously. That'd be, I have a magical dog. But she's always talking to the dog, and I never talk to the dog. This is new for me, but it's getting weird because she's telling the dog information I need to know. <laughs> That's how weird it's gotten. I heard her the other day go, Mommy's not going to be able to pay rent this month. Ah! This is my roommate. So I was like, hey, are you good? Do you want to talk to me about anything? No. Mommy's going to get evicted. Then she goes to bed, so I'm just like out in the kitchen with the dog, like, hey, why can't she pay rent? Why can't, okay, also I peed and pooped on the floor. It was me, I blamed it on you. My roommate always asks what celebrity she looks like. She's fishing for a compliment. You know, people do this, they want you to say like the best looking version of what they could ever be. So I tell her Jennifer Lawrence, just like, keep the peace. <laughs> to be friendly, but someday I just want to keep it real, just to make her stop asking the question forever. Just look at her right in the face and be like, mm, Steve Buscemi, I think. Yeah. For celebrity lookalikes, for a long time I had like a really weird obsession with um, Nick Carter, and I've like talked about it a lot, but these contemporary boy bands, I just can't hang. They're too talented. It's like every single member can sing and dance and say, I like I like NSYNC and Backstreet when it was like one member could sing, one member could dance, and then they were just the others. <laughs> just the others. They're just like a, just like, there was always one guy where they're like, was, did they just let the camera guy in the, in the group? <laughs> Who is that? He's like 87, they're like, what? They're like, come on, Joey's hilarious, let him in. Uh, he can't do anything. Why is he here? Girl groups, they were always all hot. Society is way too sexist. Could you imagine if they're like, who's your favorite Spice Girl? Oh, Artistic Spice. Like, no, yeah, no. 
I wish. I got catcalled the other day for the first time, and uh, it was interesting. This guy goes, it was really interesting, actually. This guy goes, yo, you got a cute butt for a butch girl. <laughs> and I stopped and went, oh, my God, that's so specific. <laughs> so I engaged with him. I turned and went, oh, my God, so specific. And he went, ah, and ran away. <laughs> I was like, hey, dude, I want to hang out. <laughs> specific do you get? I was like, he can rate butts off of demographics? Like, <laughs> incredible. Hey, yo, for a 26-year-old woman from Long Beach who looks like a dental technician, your butt, top 3%. This guy is good. He is really good. My sister's getting married, and uh, we're polar opposites, you know. Not because she's getting married, but no, I guess that makes us polar opposites, too. <laughs> but, uh, no, we're just totally different. She's a real, like, type A bitch. <laughs> Good night. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, <laughs> just wanted to say that. No, she... <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. No, she is. She's a real... She's competitive with me constantly for no reason. Like, I love... I'm not competitive with her. The only thing I have more than her is our DUIs, honestly. Honestly, that's it. That's it. But... She's getting married and her big thing is like she wants me to wear a dress at the wedding. And I was like, I don't, Katie, are you crazy? I'm not wearing a dress. She goes, you have to wear a dress. I said, I'm not doing it. But it's my little baby sister, so I'm like, ah, I want to compromise. And I wanted to share that. I feel like you guys might appreciate this. So I said, uh -huh. where can we compromise? And she goes, well, we'll compromise on the high heels. I go, great, the shoes. She goes, high heels. I'm like, fuck. But I agree to see a stylist, so it's me, it's her, it's four of her friends, it's my mom's friends from book club, it's a stylist, and we have a whole powwow, and it is tense in there. <laughs> and they're just showing me all these pictures of dresses and all these pictures of high heels, and I keep saying no to everything. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. My sister snaps, says the funniest thing I've ever heard, I wanna share it with you guys. She goes, I don't know what to do, Emma, I'm so desperate, I Googled lesbian high heels. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to share that. All right, you guys are great. Keep it going for your host. Keep it going for Emma Wilman. Oh, don't wear those shoes. Don't wear those. You don't have to wear those shoes, girl. If you can still hear me. Boots. That's the answer. You just pretend it looks cute with a dress. You got to cut out. A bunch of like fall looks from J. Crew catalogs. J. Crew is a lesbian gateway drug. Did someone say what? Did someone say what? Did I make that up? Because that was true. Oh, you guys. Well, we've got one comic left. I'm not allowed, I'm also, we have to keep the show rolling, and I'm not allowed to say anything, but I really have to say that we went to the Magic Castle, and I had to wear a suit, but I don't own suit pants. I only own jeans, jean pants. I only own these pants. Eight pairs of these pants. <laughs> I'm cami one pants all the time. It just changes the pants, but I only have eight pairs of one pants. That's my whole life, how I've been. And so I had to wear suit pants, and also, every, all the women, they were only wearing a tank top. 
is what I think they were wearing, but it was a dress. And <laughs> I had to wear Rhea's suit pants, and Rhea's very much taller than me by six inches. <laughs> and so in order to not keep my, in order to keep my pants up, I had to keep my hands in the pockets old. <laughs> and I was at the Magic Castle and then hoist him up. And I thought that this was going to be chill and no one was going to notice, but then when I walked in, they were like, oh, Miss Esposito, don't worry, nobody will bother you. It's cool to have you here. I got celebrity recognized with my hands unable to leave my pies. <laughs> like, I couldn't even be like, oh, thank you so much. I had to just be like, yeah. <laughs> they better not take pictures. But then the other thing is, this is the funniest pose to have to constantly keep when you're at a castle full of magicians. Because <laughs> then everybody that you meet, they're like, Man, I wonder when she's gonna we're gonna finally get a chance to see the trick <laughs> that she's keeping in those pockets. <laughs> but there was no trick except pants. Okay. Would you like to see your final comic? I thought you would. Oh, this dude is fucking hilarious, and what a great, what a great way to end the night. Let's hear it right now for my friend and yours, Mr. Rory Scovel. Yeah. Uh, Rory, hey, hey. what's going on in your life? Uh, I am working on selling my special that I shot at the end of uh, September, early October. So it's all edited, ready to go, and now I just want to get it out there so that people see it. I don't think this is the same thing for you, but it's funny that you're saying that because Jenna and I were just talking about her special, which she shot in August, and she's so oh, okay. political yeah. that it like came out in October, and then now the world is a completely different place. I have, I have like 10 minutes of election jokes that... Are, I, I still think they're funny. They were definitely funnier before, and now they're just like it's. I don't. I'm interested to see how people react because you could easily go, oh, sad. Do you <laughs> oh, think what he's saying? It, he's joking, but that did happen. <laughs> like, so is it like a clear timestamp? Like you definitely know look, that this was recorded. I say to the camera, uh, I'm going to do some election jokes now, and I know you all live in the future. And you already know the results of the election. But here we are in the past, and we don't know the results. And I have the cameras. I go, look around. Look how happy everyone used to be. And everyone just, like, cheered. And I told uh, Scott, I was like, like, thank God I prefaced it that way. I was like, because it kind of then makes you go, all right, we're about to hear 10 minutes of outdated (laughs) election jokes. That's, like, wild. Yeah. Good but catch-all. I, that's a good, that's a decent catch-all. I, all, my, all, all of them are just like, could you imagine if you won? And like, we're all laughing and now if you watch it, like, yeah, I can. I can imagine it. I can because I can see it. I can see it and live inside of it. But that's funny also because your material tends to be like absurdist. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you like stretch things to the, so I actually would love to see this. I would love to see what in your absurdist version of a Trump presidency you came up with it and is. how much worse reality is. Yeah, yeah. It's, I was doing a joke about like guns and like my prediction of what was going to like happen and like telling the crowd like no you, you should go buy them you should buy a gun while you can buy a gun and then like after the election you just see it's like the country turning on it's like self and I was like I, I showed the clip to my wife and I was like isn't this weird I was like I, I didn't say that joke I was like it was just like a joke I was like but I, I, I'm right people should go buy a gun because the war is coming I don't know. Wow. It gets it's dark and depressing, but I mean I 
I didn't. I chose not to cut it out of the special because I'm like, it. I fucking love the jokes. I worked hard at those jokes. I was like, leave them in. Maybe, maybe someone can look back and go, all right, yeah, I can laugh about this because it was before. I also feel like I feel days. like also maybe I would leave that in as like a. I mean, if you wrote it and worked on it, in and of itself, not just that, like beyond the road and worked on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but more so, like. Um, Going back and editing our experience out of this moment right. doesn't help us. Right, yeah, yeah. Because it still happened, right. whether or not we yeah. say that it did. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, I can't wait to see it whenever it's sold. And I hope it's it. soon. I hope it's very soon, but I don't know where and I don't know when, but we've just finished it. Like, well, congrats on finishing so, it. So, thank you. And uncongrats on the way the country is. <laughs> Uncongrats. <laughs> A very merry uncongrats. Rory Stovall, you guys let him hear it! <laughs> that was so uh, funny. I hit the, I almost didn't make it out of the door. Yeah. Rory Scoville, you guys have to Rory. Oh, keep it going for everybody you saw tonight. That is our show. We are here every Tuesday. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'm Rhea Butcher. Have a great rest of your night. See you next week. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.